Freakonomics Radio is sponsored by Robert Half. Robert Half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you are feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Their specialized recruiting professionals engage with their proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, they know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freakonomics Radio is sponsored by PNC Bank. Some things in life should be boring, like banking, because boring is steady, pragmatic, and responsible. You don't want your bank to be surprising or shocking. Shocking is for hidden truths and theories, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Inc. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Hey there, it's Stephen Dubner. If you are a regular listener, you may have just heard our series called Everything You Never Knew About Whaling. We spoke with economists, historians, a Moby Dick scholar, and an environmental activist whose mission in life is to stop whale hunting. We also tried to speak with a whale hunter, but public sentiment against whale hunting is so strong that most modern whalers don't want to speak with the press. Also, there just aren't that many whalers around anymore. In the 1960s, at the peak of industrial whale hunting, thousands of whalers in more than a dozen countries were killing tens of thousands of whales a year. Today, commercial whaling happens in only three countries, Norway, Iceland, and Japan. And collectively, they only kill around a thousand whales a year. There just isn't much demand for whale meat, it turns out, and even less for whale oil. Anyway, we couldn't get a modern whaler to go on the record with us until just recently, after we'd completed our series. His name is Bjorn Andersen, and he's one of the biggest whalers in Norway. The Norwegian government allows for the harvest of 1,000 minka whales a year. The minka is plentiful. It's not at all an endangered species. Even so, Andersen and his fellow whalers usually take only around half of the allowed quota each year. Like I said, not much demand for whale meat these days. When we caught up with Anderson, he had just finished his whaling season. In the conversation you're about to hear, he tells us why he loves hunting whales and how he does it, why harvesting whales is important to maintaining the supply of fish, and why he thinks that in the future there will be more whale hunting and not less. That's coming up on today's bonus episode of Freakonomics Radio, starting now. This is Freakonomics Radio, the podcast that explores the hidden side of everything with your host, Stephen Dubner. Okay, Bjorn, it's Stephen. You can hear me okay? Yes, I hear you. I'm sorry to interrupt your holiday. Yes, you're on holiday in Sweden? 
Yes, I am outside Söderhamn in the middle of Sweden. We have to go to uh, my wife's uh, home place. And what do you do when you're there on holiday? Cutting grass. <laughs> <laughs> do you do any fishing? No, it's holiday. Now, where in Norway do you live? In uh, Lofoten, in the westerly part of Lofoten, on the water. We live on small island. <laughs> Is that where you grew up? Yes. Did you grow up in a fishing family? Yes, my father was a fisherman and a whale hunter. And can you tell me about your work now? You're mostly a fisherman and then you whale during the whale season? In the 1st of January, we start fishing cod. When it comes to spring, April or something like that, we start minke whale hunting. And that go on to the summer. After summer, we go to shipyard to repair and fix the boat. And uh, in the autumn, we fish herring. So of the three things that you catch mostly, cod, whale, and herring, which makes you the most money? It depends. Cod and herring are this year the best. How was your whale season this year? How many whales did you get? 111 whale. Wow. Holy cow. So you alone are responsible for like 25% of all the whales taken in Norway this year, yeah? Yeah. So 111, how many trips was that? Uh, four trips. Can you describe how you sell it then? Who do you sell it to? Well, it's a company I'm a co-owner in, and then we distribute it to uh, all the Norway, to the stores. We export some uh, whales to uh, Japan. One thing that confuses me is I read that the Norwegian quota for minka whale in a year is a thousand, but that all of you collectively, all the whalers only take like five or six hundred in a year. So why are you not getting up to the quota? Is it just not worth it? Are there not enough whalers? It's a problem to distribute and get it in the store everywhere, and people have to buy it. What about the price of whale meat over the past few years? It goes up, it goes down, where is it? No, it's going up, but not in that speed we want. The price of whale meat have rised every year almost, but not enough. It's about one-third or one-fourth of our income. Does the government subsidize fishing and whaling? No. Not at all? No. Are there any price guarantees for the fish or the whale that you catch? Yes. All fisheries in Norway have a, a guarantee minimum price. It's regulated by law. Is it usually sold for more than that anyway? Uh, yes, often it's uh, over the minimum price. But the minimum price is useful to you just in case the prices fall, yeah? It's useful for everybody because you don't have those ups and downs. Everybody are jealous on uh, our fishermen today because it has been quite good to be a fisherman in the last 20 years now because we have had uh, quite good quotas and uh, good money. So what would happen to you if Norway decided that they don't want to allow anyone to hunt whales anymore? If they do, they are crazy. Some years from now, there will be no cod or no herring to fish because there are so many whales. 
that's the food for the whale. Mickey whale is an opportunist. We eat even salmon and cod and herring and everything. If you hunt the whale, you can fish more fish because you have the balance in the ecosystem. Do you know how many minka whales there are in the world? The latest number is 150,000. In the world? Not in the world, in the North Atlantic. I saw a number, this was a few years ago, that said there were maybe half a million of Antarctic minka stocks. Does anyone talk about the minka whale as endangered at all? That must be uh, people who don't know anything about the sea. (laughs) Because... uh, if you are going to the coast of Norland and Troms and Finnmark, you can see uh, minke whale and humpback and fin whale uh, all the spring and summer and the autumn. If you uh, number out uh, how much minke whale eat, if there are 150,000 minke whales, it will be about uh, 50 to 60,000 ton each day of fish. They have uh, studied the numbers of how much the sea animal, including birds and everything, eats in a year. It's uh, 25 million tons of food, and the fishermen only take 4 million tons. When you get the whale, you you bring the whale on board the boat, and you open up the stomach. What do you find in the stomach of a minka whale? Everything. It could be salmon, it could be cod, it could be herring. So do you think the Save the Whales movement that started in the 1970s, do you think it's gone too far? That there are too many whales that are eating too much of the fish supply that people eat? Yes, it will come to that soon. So when someone says to you, Bjorn, I like whales, I don't want any whales to be killed, what do you say to them? No, I don't like to kill them. It's for food. A minke whale is very close related to a cow because the minke whale has four stomach. So I cannot see any difference to kill a cow or kill a minke whale. The entire commercial whaling industry, Norway, Japan, Iceland, wherever, kills only about a thousand whales a year. But hundreds of thousands of whales are dying every year from plastic pollution and noise pollution and boat strikes and most of all from getting caught up in fishing gear. But it seems that most of the protest by environmental activists is directed at you, at the commercial whalers. Why do you think that is? It's a human's uh, bad conscience due to environmental stuff. Do you consider yourself an environmentalist? Yes. Do you think of yourself as a conservationist? Yes, uh, I think it's common sense. If you harvest nature, you have to make sure that there are growing up things to hunt or to harvest next year. So what do you say to someone who thinks that they are being a perfect moral person, right? And says that no one should ever kill whales. Get some uh, understanding of the nature. It's simple like that. They don't understand the nature. They believe uh, more on Walt Disney or something like that. I have not so much to say about that because uh, I'm just fed up with them. They are so wrong in many, many places. Stop the plastic pollution we have now. 
they should have worked for stopping plastic pollution many, many years ago. And even petrol, the global warming is also a, a big issue. We don't know what's happening in the years to come. They should have done more work on those issues who's really become a problem for us. Minky whale or whale hunting is not a problem. It was a problem for the whale some year, so many years ago. Now it's no problem with the whale stock. Do you think the International Whaling Commission did a good job years ago when they tried to regulate the number of whales that could be killed? They didn't do their job. Why not? They are an organization based on the scientific committee, and the scientific committee said there was enough minky whale, so they should have given out quota on minky whale, but they didn't. So what would happen if everyone in the world were allowed to hunt minka whale starting next year? Would that be a problem for the minka whale population? Of course. You have to do a regulation, you have to count them, you have to give out quota and, and do it sustainable. I've read that whalers wanted the fisheries ministry in Norway to promote whaling and whale meat, but that it didn't work, that they were worried that trading partners would get upset. Do you know anything about that? Yes, I was one of those who wanted him to respond on that, but he didn't. Have you ever been to the U.S., Bjorn? Yes. Where did you go? New York. Yeah, that's where I am. Did you like New York? Uh, yes, uh, because I study engineering, high-power electricity engineering. So we was visit Con Edison in New York. And you were working as an engineer then? Yes. Who did you work for? Norsk Hydro. It was a power plant, yes. We produced about 3% of Norwegian electricity. So why did you stop working as an engineer and become a full-time fisherman? It's a much better uh, way of life. You are free and you are out. You can see the nature, you can see whales, you can see uh, other fish, and you can uh, feel the weather, bad weather or good weather, in a much better way than you do in an office. When you came to New York, did you go into the rural areas at all or just the city? No, we were just in New York. Okay. So if you had gone upstate into New York, you would see a lot of deer. And in the U.S., some species of deer are considered a nuisance animal for a lot of reasons. They eat crops, they spread disease, they cause car crashes. And so hunting of deer is encouraged. There's a season and there's a limit. Do you see the minka whale as sort of a nuisance animal like that? No, it's a source of food. But you have to uh, try to balance the ecosystem as good as you can, because then it will produce the most. We have to harvest our resources in a sensible way. If we don't shoot whale, the ecosystem will collapse sooner or later. After the break, how exactly does Bjorn Andersen harvest those resources? You have to think like a whale. <laughs> I'm Stephen Dubner. This is Freakonomics Radio. We'll be right back. Old Dominion Freight Line was built on keeping promises. With an industry-leading on-time delivery record and low claims rate, we keep promises better than any other LTL freight carrier. 
Because we treat every shipment like it's our most important one. Which means we do the little things right so that we can keep our promises and you can keep yours too. That's what drives us. To learn how OD can help your business keep its promises, visit odfl.com. Old Dominion, helping the world keep promises. Freakonomics Radio is sponsored by IKEA. Can you believe how expensive life is these days? Well, with IKEA, you can furnish your space beautifully and affordably. When you shop at IKEA, every dollar gives more, more quality, more sustainability, more inspiration. When these things come together, you can make the most of every day. Plus, filling your bag can now be more affordable than ever because IKEA has hundreds of new lower prices on some of their most popular items. And don't worry, IKEA cuts costs without compromising quality. IKEA is making it more affordable than ever to furnish your entire home with home solutions you will love. Shop hundreds of new lower prices today at ikea-usa.com. That's ikea-usa.com. Welcome back. I'm speaking with Bjorn Anderson, a Norwegian fisherman and whale hunter. This is a companion piece to our recent three-part series, Everything You Never Knew About Whaling. Tell me about your ship. How big is the ship? What's it called? The boat is called Reinebuen and is a 32-meter-long steel boat. And the name of the boat, Reinebuen, what does that mean? My father was uh, grown up on Reine. It's a place in Lofoten. Reinebuen, it's like uh, a man who lived on that place. Did you grow up wanting to be a whaler when you were a kid? Yes, I was uh, five years. First time I saw a whale was shot. I, it was uh, very excited. Why did you get talked into becoming an engineer then? There was stop in the whale hunting. So... Yeah, I didn't know what to do. This was in 1986, when the International Whaling Commission put a moratorium on commercial whaling. But in 1992, Norway announced it would resume hunting minka whales in defiance of that ban. Anderson, who was by then working as an engineer for a power company, was able to get back to his first love. I think that was a very good decision because the culture and the know-how starting to disappear. And it could be uh, very hard for the coastal people here in Norway. Do you have kids, Bjorn? No. Do you have young crew members that are going to become like you, a whaling boat captain? Yes. They just finished school and they started to uh, onboard a ship and learn to catch whale or fish. Some are good or some are bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good? Yes. My father, he learned me everything. You have to have a good interest in what you're doing. And it's about whatever you do. If you don't have the interest, you will be uh, not so good. What about the crew size on your boat? We are six people all the year. They work for you year-round, the same six? Yeah. Do they live in your town? Nearby. What's the longest you've ever gone from land then? Two, three, four weeks. We have been on the north side of Spitsbergen, almost 81 degrees north. When you're out on the water, can you describe how you locate the minka whale? We only use our eyes. Wow. 
No sonar, nothing like that? No, nothing. It's the best equipment we have. <laughs> okay. So what are you looking for? Oh, looking for the whale. You're not looking for birds or a spout? The birds as well. They uh, often uh, give away where the whale are. So we know uh, to use all the nature. And how often does the minka whale breach? It's uh, three to five minutes and then they come up and uh, blow three times. We try to get close to the whale and try to think out where it's possible, where the whale go. You have to think like a whale. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a chess player. You have to think some step forward. It's a hunt. You have to get close to it because we don't shoot long distances, just a 30 or 40 meters, something like that, or closer. And describe the harpoon. The harpoon is 70 millimeter, but the barrel on the canon is 60 millimeter. So it's a big hole where the harpoon hits the whale. In the front of the harpoon, we have, of course, the granite. You explode inside a whale. So how fast does that kill the whale then? It's instant. If you don't kill it, maybe uh, make it unconscious. And then we kill it with the rifle. And what kind of rifle do you use for that? Uh, it's an American rifle. 375 Remington. Just so I'm clear, the grenade, that's at the end of the harpoon. In the front of the harpoon. Where do you aim on the whale? For the head, the heart? In the chest. And then if it doesn't succeed in killing the whale, then you kill it with the rifle, yes? Yeah. And then how do you get it on the boat? Oh, we have... Um Strong wire we put on the tail and then we pull it up on the deck with a winch. And how big are they? Uh, could they be up to uh, 10 meters. What does it weigh? 15, 20,000 pounds? I don't know about pounds. It's uh, up to eight, nine ton. So you get it on the boat with the winch. What happens now? Who butchers it and so on? Oh, it's the crew cutting off the blubber and the meat, and then we put the bone back to the sea. What do you do with the blubber? Uh, We give it to the birds. Okay, so the oil is not worth anything? Not for now. It's a very uh, healthy oil. We haven't managed to get any good system for taking the oil. Do they travel solo or in groups? Both. But uh, very often, the minky whale is a lonesome cowboy. (laughs) They travel individual, and but when they come to places where there are uh, a lot of food, there could be very many. Does the minka whale ever try to attack the boat? No. Some whales do, yeah? No. No. It's more like accidents. You know, you have some YouTube clip where a humpback jump up and uh, fall down on a sailing boat or something like that. But uh, I don't think he's attack. It's just uh, an accident. Yeah, I see. Have you read Moby Dick? No, I'm not a reader. When you see a whale breach, how can you tell if it's a minka whale or maybe some other kind of whale? Oh, it's like to uh, see the difference on a horse and a pig. 
Maybe you can mix them up if you are uh, from uh, New York or something like that, but <laughs> not a crew on the whale boat. Do you ever hear the whales communicating or singing? You could uh, sometimes. You can hear the white whales and sometimes a humpback. If Norway were to allow the hunting of other species of whale, which ones would you want to hunt? I have enough with minke whale because we have to have bigger boats and other equipment to hunt uh, bigger whales. We spoke with someone in Japan who said that one reason that some whalers there still hunt whales is because the world tells them they can't. And I'm curious if that's the same for you in Norway. That's uh, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's stupid. I already said that uh, you have to harvest in a sustainable way. It's stupid. Bjorn, we've been working on this series about the history and economics of whaling for about six months. And you are the first whaler <laughs> who agreed to speak with us. Why do you think that whalers are so reluctant to speak about whaling? Oh, I have had a lot of journalists on board a ship. And uh, there are many bad journalists who only want to uh, have the big scoop, you know, want us to say something they could put together so they could uh, make a scoop or something like that. Uh, a lot of journalists are very bad. That's a pity. When I watch the news, I have a big uh, question signs. Is this true or not? Because I, I've uh, experienced uh, many bad journalists, but also some good. I think people, the whalers, are fed up with the bad journalists who only want to have a scoop. And when you say they want a scoop, what does that mean? It means they want to make you look bad? It means they want to make you look like you don't have morals? Yeah, something like that. Do you think whaling will still exist in Norway in 10 years? Yes. What about 50 years? Then it will be more. It has to be. You say it has to be to protect the fish stock, you say? Yes, and to produce food enough for the people on the planet. Is there anything we didn't talk about that we should? Is there anything I didn't ask you that I should have or anything you just want to tell me about? No. No, it's enough? You've had <laughs> enough of me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hope people uh, in the United States will uh, understand that uh, it's... Uh, to hunt an animal, it's not a nice thing to do, but it's uh, necessary. It's good food. It's not nice to see a cow being killed, not even a chicken. You never uh, get allowed to see that. The minky whale have a, a nice free life before he, he meet me. Then it's over. <laughs> All right, Bjorn, thank you very much. I appreciate your talking to us, and I enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening to this conversation with the Norwegian whaler, Bjorn Anderson. If you want to learn more about the modern whaling industry, I recommend you listen to part two of our whaling series. It's called Why Do People Still Hunt Whales? 
And while you're at it, you can listen to episodes one and three also. We will be back soon with another episode of Freakonomics Radio. Until then, take care of yourself and, if you can, someone else, too. Freakonomics Radio is produced by Stitcher and Renbud Radio. You can find our entire archive on any podcast app or at Freakonomics.com, where we also publish transcripts and show notes. This episode was produced by Zach Lipinski and mixed by Greg Rippin, with help from Jeremy Johnston. Our staff also includes Alina Cullman, Daria Klenert, Eleanor Osborne, Elsa Hernandez, Gabriel Roth, Jasmine Klinger, Julie Canfer, Lyric Bowditch, Morgan Levy, Neil Carruth, Rebecca Lee Douglas, Ryan Kelly, and Sarah Lilly. Our theme song is Mr. Fortune by the Hitchhikers. The rest of our music is composed by Luis Guerra. As always, thank you for listening. How many times a week or a month do you eat whale, would you say? One or two times in the week. We have uh, chopped uh, whale meat. We have uh, taco, pizza, everything. Do you ever eat it raw? Yeah, yeah. Tartar, it's very good. The Freakonomics Radio Network, the hidden side of everything. Stitcher.